Welcome back. In the previous episode, you learned six ways to improve your grant writing skills so you can fund supplies and projects for your classroom. Are you ready to learn a few more? There are a few more things I know that can help set your grant proposal apart from the rest. Get ready to take some notes as we jump into grant writing, part two, on episode 11 of the Next Chapter for Teachers podcast. Being a teacher isn't what it used to be. The good news is you don't have to figure it out all on your own. If you're looking for truth, inspiration, and tips for success in the classroom and beyond, you're in the right place. It's time to turn the page to the future of the profession. This is the next chapter for Teachers Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Erin Spinagle, and thank you for listening to episode 11 of the Next Chapter for Teachers podcast. If you haven't listened to episode 10 yet, you may want to before you learn the next six steps that I'm going to share with you for writing grants, as they do begin to build off of each other as we go on. I'm also going to share a bonus tip at the end of this episode. So just to review... A grant is funding awarded to you from a proposal that you have written to a business or organization that is providing funds for classroom resources and projects. It's a great way to improve your communication skills and connections to the business community. Writing a grant proposal is a bit like building a ship. Any holes in the structure can cause your idea not to float with the person on the other end reading your proposal, and deciding how to distribute funding. So with that said, let's learn six more tips for grant writing success. Number seven. Remember, you can learn tips one through six in episode 10. So number seven, don't complain. I know that comes across as being a bit blunt, so let me explain. Those reading your grant know classrooms are overcrowded that there isn't enough money for resources, and that teachers are strapped to provide the best funding or the best classrooms for their students. Otherwise, they wouldn't be trying to fund classroom projects. Don't waste valuable space in your grant application telling them that, because some grants have a word limit. There's a difference between describing your students' needs and restating what's wrong in public education. For example, including the number of students in your classroom without access to technology at home would be stating a fact that would help someone understand your unique needs, as opposed to writing something along the lines of, teachers never have enough resources for the students. That's obvious. Share what you do to promote student learning in spite of the circumstances. Come across as someone who has a solution to improve your student's learning environment, not one that dwells on problems. This will help your grant request be reviewed as a solution and 
a good investment. Tip number eight. Negatives are your positives. Securing funding isn't just about getting stuff. It's about making improvements. This goes back to episode 10, about thinking in terms of project, not product. Don't forget about your demographics and test data. It's not that these things are negative or bad, but they are aspects that are obstacles to reaching your students' needs, making your grant request all the more vital. Many grant requests ask for the demographic information for your school and your classroom. Emphasize in your application how a particular demographic benefits through your project. For example, low socioeconomic status, high special education population, those would be things to emphasize. If there is the potential to bring up a weak academic area as evidenced through assessment data, include that too. Make your statistics work for you and your students will benefit when your grant is awarded. Number nine, it's all about the money. Seriously. Budget wisely and sensibly. Just because you can write a grant for up to $10,000 doesn't mean you should. Those awarding grants want to spread their funds as much as possible, unless it's a grant for a fixed amount of money. Think of your goals. While many projects do warrant great expenditures to make an idea a reality, keep in mind the materials you request should adequately and appropriately fulfill the intent of your project. Do your research so you can include the best prices in your budget for the requested materials. You need to be exact when you get to that point in your budget that all-important page where you need to list the materials and the quantity of each. Remember to also include any other extras that may be necessary to get your project off the ground, such as batteries or bulbs. Another good rule of thumb, break it up. Write grants for smaller amounts of money and fewer materials at a time to gradually build up to a large-scale project. A well-written grant with a lower dollar figure stands a better chance than an over-the-top project that isn't clearly expressed. As mentioned in episode 10, make sure you read the directions regarding what expenses will and will not be funded. Those guidelines will be adhered to by the grantors regardless of how well-written or well-intentioned you are in your request. Tip number 10 measure up. Even if it doesn't ask for it, you should express in your grant application how you're going to monitor the success of your project that you hope to have funded. How will you know if your students are successful? And how will you show progress as a result of this project? This shows your commitment to your project and its potential effectiveness. In the long run, observing for the effectiveness of your project will help you write future grants and utilize resources in your classroom. What specifically are the desired outcomes from this project? How will you know that it it was successful? State how you'll know your goals have been met through your proposal. Tip 11. Follow through. That might seem very simple, 
but it's very necessary. If you write a grant and get it funded, it's your baby. You can't pass the buck and expect someone else to complete it for you if you get busy or frustrated. When you are awarded funds, you are developing a business partnership. Commitment is key for being successful with any grant-funded project. And how you conduct yourself will influence if you or others in your school receive funding in the future from this source. So, order your materials, write thank you letters or emails, sending pictures of your grant in action is also a nice touch, complete the project, and send in that final report if one is required. And tip number 12. If at first you don't succeed, keep trying. Sometimes the path to having an idea funded is a long, winding road. It also takes time to develop your grant writing style and approach. Sometimes it just comes down to too many people applying for too few funds. Take a look at what you wrote. There may be a better funding source for your grant, or maybe you need to revise how you presented your project. Learning how to write a grant proposal for education takes time, but it will be a skill you'll use your entire teaching career. Everything gets better with time and practice, if you want it enough. And now the bonus tip I promised at the beginning. Here it is. In all my years of teaching and writing grants, the most important aspect that will determine if a grant gets funded is the transformation. What are your students in need of? Who are they before your resources or project happens? And what will be the impact at the end? The greater the impact, the transformation, the more inclined your proposal is to catch eyes and to be awarded. And that's not to say if your students aren't needy enough, your grant will be approved, because there are ways to enrich learning for all students of all needs and backgrounds. It's showing the journey from point A to point B that helps grantors visualize the amount of the impact their funds will have on your classroom and students. Although there has never been a busier time in education, writing grants for your classroom, either to fund projects for this year or next, is a way to look forward to better experiences in the future. Whether it's requesting necessities for virtual instruction like headphones or a long-standing program to give students experiences they wouldn't have otherwise, grants give you the power to create the classroom environment you envision for your students. Use these tips to help you get there. That's all for this episode of the Next Chapter for Teachers podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave a rating, subscribe, and give a review. Join us next time when we turn the page to the future of the profession. Until then, I'm Erin Spinagle. Reminding you to be different, but more importantly, be the difference. 
and I'll see you in the next chapter.